Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brett Bowe continue their discussion on God's third commandment and how it relates to heresy within the church. Welcome to Being Lutheran. I am Pastor Brett Bowe, and I have with me today... Pastor Jason Goodham. Good to see you again, Brett. Yes, it is good to see you too. And uh, we are continuing to roll through the third commandment. Yeah, today uh, we get to do a study on heresy, Mm -hmm. which is what the third commandment is prohibiting. It would seem like a natural thing for all of the commandments to be prohibiting this. Mm -hmm. But again, we are looking at the nature of heresy in robbing us of comfort, in robbing us of rest, Rest. which is the focus of the third commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy Mm -hmm. or sanctify the holy day. What we're doing is we're talking about our rest in Christ spiritually Mm -hmm. in the gospel. Good. And and so today we're looking at a scripture passage as we have been starting to do with the commandments, taking a, a portion of scripture that touches on or fleshes out the, the concept of either the prohibiting or the promoting aspect of the commandment. And today we're going to look at a passage in 1 Timothy 1 and looking at verses 3 through uh, 11, right? Yep. No, or three, I almost said 3 through 8. But No, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, some other one, right? Right, yeah. First <laughs> yeah. Timothy 1, 3 through 11, really, uh, uh, it's a great passage to look at false teaching and at heresy, mm-hmm. because this is kind of the introduction to the whole of Paul's instruction to right. Timothy as a pastor sure. in the church. And right. so this is a really appropriate place for us to enter in the, deci- uh, the discussion about what's going on. And again, the purpose of these studies is to demonstrate that what we're confessing in the confessional documents, in the catechisms, in the Augsburg Confession, is in fact biblical theology. Mm -hmm. We want to uh, be combating at the very outset the notion that the confessions replace Scripture. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's not what they do. The confessions flow from Scripture. And in these studies, we're trying to demonstrate that. Good. So in First Timothy, in the pastoral epistles, quote unquote, they often use words like sound teaching or um, healthy teaching or, or something along those lines. And I think that fits well with this idea of heresy versus orthodoxy or true teaching, sound teaching. So should I read the passage? Yep. Are you ready for that? I am ready. You go ahead and read First Timothy 1, 3 through 11. All right, good. Let's read it. Uh, It says this, As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Certain persons, by swerving from these, have wandered away into vain discussion, desiring to be teachers of the law, without understanding either what they are saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. Now we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, understanding this, that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who strike their fathers and mothers, for murderers, the sexually immoral, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine, in accordance with the gospel of the glory of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. Here ends the reading. Amen yes. and amen. Amen. 
All right. So here we have the, the text read. Where do we begin or how do we start? Well, we start with the existence of false teaching in the church. Mm-hmm. Again, orienting ourselves to the discussion. We're talking about things that mm-hmm. uh, rob us of comfort. And so even... Uh, at the beginning here, it's, we're not necessarily arguing against Buddhism or mm-hmm. Islam. Uh, those That discussion is for a different time. Sure. Uh, what we're discussing specifically with the Third Commandment is false teaching in the church, in right. the Christian life, that where we would normally be finding comfort now that's being robbed by a corruption of God's Word. That happens? Yeah, all the time, <laughs> right? Yeah, and it's uh, the warning... Uh, from Paul to Timothy at Ephesus. And, and what's so interesting about this warning uh, in verse 3, or this this urging admonishment mm-hmm. that he makes to Timothy, is Ephesus is the church that Paul spent the most amount of time at. Yeah. Uh, he spent three years right. as the pastor of the church in Ephesus. Uh, Ephesians has their own epistle, and they have their own letter in Revelation in uh Revelation chapter 2, right. uh, this is one of the prominent churches of the early church in the New Testament, and uh, there's still false teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, How about that? Yeah, it's um, you go actually, even rewinding a little bit further to the book of Acts, one of the tenderest scenes in the yeah, entire book I love that. is Paul praying with the elders of the church at Ephesus on the beach mm-hmm. uh, and, and almost tearfully saying, there are going to be wolves mm-hmm. that creep in among you, you all, these leaders right. of the church. Uh, and sure enough, it has. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, his prophecy, his prediction has come true. And so now Paul is training his mm-hmm. disciple, his learner, his friend, Timothy, mm-hmm. and he's at Ephesus. And Timothy's task is to root out Mm-hmm. False doctrine. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we were to say that in the church today, uh, we would <laughs> be meanie. called, yeah, you big meanie, <laughs> you belligerent jerk. Yeah. Let's do this nicely. But notice what Paul says in verse five the aim of our charge is love. Mm-hmm. And so if we have rightly oriented ourselves to the commandment, mm-hmm. if we know what's at stake with the rest that God promises in the gospel in Jesus Christ, uh, Rooting out false doctrine, speaking against false doctrine is the loving thing to do because false doctrine is robbing us of assurance. Mm-hmm. Right. And it seems in this passage that the false doctrine just promotes endless discussions or speculations, time-wasting, right? Yep. The the way he speaks in verse 4, devote themselves to miss endless genealogies which promotes speculations rather, rather than, than the stewardship from God that is yeah. by faith. So you, you start to see that. So these things are interesting. They're mm-hmm. speculative. Right. You know, it's uh, it's so interesting uh, when you mention the word doctrine, and mm-hmm. if the person doesn't immediately fall into a coma, <laughs> uh, is the the accusation is well, I don't. That's you know, that's doctrine just, is dry. Dry, or, dry yeah. doc, doctrine divides, uh, which. It's true, but we'll get to that in right. a moment. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's this this ivory tower academia mm-hmm. that's always thinking, so how many angels can dance on the head of a pin or can God create a rock so big that even he can't lift it? But that's false doctrine. That's speculation. There's mm-hmm. no comfort in that. It's just... Right. It's just no rest in that. Empty words. Mm-hmm. And uh, Timothy here by Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is being called to divide by doctrine. He's called to say, this is truth. 
be here and nowhere else. Mm-hmm. Yep, good. Uh, because he says in verse 6, certain persons by swerving from these yep. have wandered away into vain discussion. So he's saying there's something to stay in yep. and not swerve away, kind of like that crazy cart at Walmart that uh, doesn't go straight. It keeps swerving. <laughs> yeah, it needs a wheel yeah, alignment. Right. Keep, you got to turn left to go straight. Uh, that's, but look at what they're swerving from. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain persons, by swerving from these, you go back to verse 5, the age of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart mm-hmm. and a good conscience mm-hmm. and a sincere faith. Mm-hmm. You're swerving from those by false doctrine. You're mm-hmm. swerving uh, from a pure heart because you are most likely incorporating your works right. into your salvation. Uh, you're swerving from your good conscience because you will not have assurance that your sins are forgiven yep. if it's based on your efforts. And you're swerving from a sincere faith uh, because our faith has a content. Again, the watchword for this podcast, this study, know what you believe, know why you believe mm-hmm. it, understand your confession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and understanding that, that keeps you from swerving away from that and swerving away from uh, the rest that we have in Christ. Absolutely. And and, and then he goes on, verse 8, then introduces kind of the main thought of his purpose. It is a proper division of law and gospel, proper understanding of law and gospel. This is this bold statement Paul makes. We know that the law is good Mm -hmm. if one uses it lawfully. Mm -hmm. And, And this, again, is third commandment stuff. If we're using the law appropriately, we're going to find rest because the gospel forgives, the gospel heals. Mm-hmm. If we're using the law inappropriately, we're going to be robbing of mm-hmm. assurance because the law is either going to continue to burden us or the law is going to be dangling in front of us like that carrot on a stick mm-hmm. uh, that we can never quite achieve even though we think we can. So this is a confusion of law and gospel or a mixing up of law and gospel, right? That's, that's exactly what it is. And from the Lutheran perspective, that's what all false teaching ends up as, is a confusion of law and gospel. Again, we're not talking about heresies outside the mm-hmm. church, like, you know, Buddhism, Islam, things right. like that. We're leaving those alone. We're talking about rest in the church. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, we're confusing law and gospel. And Paul nails it here in First Timothy 1. It's almost always an abuse of the law. Mm-hmm. So... You know, as I'm, I'm sitting here listening to this, and I, I agree with what you're saying, and I'm just maybe struggling to think through, uh, I'm trying to think of the people that I serve and the Christians that I interact with on, on a day-by-day basis. Can you give us some examples of how people practically fall into uh, misusing the law in this way and in, in denying the rest that we have that is commanded through the third commandment? Yeah, let's let's start with the absurd, or or the obvious. Maybe is a better way to say it, and work to the mm-hmm. subtle. Sure. Um, so you know, let's talk about a heresy, an actual something worthy of being condemned outright. And, and maybe we can start with something like the prosperity gospel, where it's uh, this notion that God wants you to be wealthy. And that if you're not wealthy, it's your fault. It's a lack of faith mm-hmm. um, or, or sin that you're not conquering or however, whatever way they destroy that. That's heresy because it's going to rob you of comfort or it's going to provide you with false assurance. So let's look at me. You know, I am not wealthy. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I am in debt because I have a mortgage. Uh, my cars are not 
you know, Beamers or Jaguars or, <laughs> you know, pick your favorite, you know, car to think about. Uh, so what's wrong with me? You know, this, the, implicit in the prosperity gospel, if I'm not wealthy, if I'm not healthy and I've got a cold, uh, you know, what's, what did I do? And so I'm going to crush myself by trying to think, okay, I just need to have more faith. I just, I need mm-hmm. to do this better. I need to be more sincere and, and it, it's going to burden me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the flip side of that same coin, if I am wealthy, well, I must be doing something right. Yeah, right. right? You know, it's, uh, and, and it won't cause me to confess sin or to repent because obviously God is happy with me. If I look around uh, and everything in my life is going well. Uh, now, I would think, I would hope most of our listeners would identify that as, you know, it's pretty absurd. Right. It's pretty, but now let's kind of maybe swing a little bit closer oh, to home no. with what, this. Do we have to? <laughs> uh, look, all we have to do is look at verses 9 uh, and 10. Or Paul writes to Timothy, understanding this, that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who strike their fathers and mothers, for murderers, for the sexually immoral, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. doctrine. Hey. So uh, the what Paul is stating here then is toleration of sin... Uh, excusing of sin, failing to confess sin uh, is false doctrine, is heresy. Mm-hmm. And it is robbing us of comfort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I mean, if we're really going to be controversial in this, let's talk about human sexuality. Mm-hmm. The, the liberal mainline denominations are going to say, no, that's not a problem. Uh, either God created you to be gay or, uh, you know, whatever else, or homosexuality isn't a sin anyway. God celebrates homosexuality. Uh, that's robbing people of comfort. Uh, most homosexuals will confess that they don't feel right. You know, there's something off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's a generalization, uh, but you're being robbed of the comfort that Christ has died for your sins, that God has ordered this world to be a specific way, and we have broken that order, but God himself has stepped into our place. Uh, His son has died on the cross uh, and reconciled us to God. And Mm -hmm. so our brokenness and our sinfulness is dealt with in a gracious, merciful, loving way by God. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, that's a big issue and, you know, We'll get emails about it if the certain people listen to it. But think about the sin that we excuse in our own lives. Mm-hmm. And we're robbing ourselves of the comfort right. of being forgiven for that sin. And we're providing ourselves with false comfort that it really doesn't matter. Sure. So is that the, the handle or the connection point with the third commandment, this idea of robbing of comfort or giving comfort and rest? Yeah, it's well, the, the center of the commandment is rest mm-hmm. in Christ. And again, anytime mm-hmm. we talk about rest in Christ, we're talking about what are we resting from and mm-hmm. what are we resting 
in, mm-hmm. we are resting from our own efforts to please God, mm-hmm. our own efforts to reconcile ourselves to God. That's where the working comes in, and we're resting in Christ, knowing that salvation, mm-hmm. eternal life, reconciliation with God, forgiveness of sins has mm-hmm. all been totally, mm-hmm. completely accomplished for us by Christ on the cross, by Christ rising again, giving us the empty tomb to announce victory over enemies of sin, death, and the devil. And we rest in that. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm able to look around. And if I'm suffering, I have the promise of eternal life. Mm-hmm. Uh, if uh, I'm lacking something, a felt need or an actual lack, I have the promise that God is going to care for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, God asks us, to pray for our daily bread because he's the one who gives us our daily bread. Sure. And even when I suffer and I'm lacking something, I know that I'm promised eternal life. It's this temporal world then is not my home. And, and so you look at the brokenness of, of human sexuality, mm-hmm. the, the brokenness of human depravity, and, and that's not the way it will be. Mm-hmm. And you, these passages where God will wipe every tear from their eyes and he will be their God, they will be his people. You know, Revelation 21, 1 through 5, uh, this is rest. Mm-hmm. This is what the third commandment is talking about. This is why we go to church. What we're supposed to be mm-hmm. hearing about as the church, right. as the people of God, is having that gospel that... applied consistently and continually until it's realized in eternity. Mm-hmm. And that's why sound doctrine is so important because if sound doctrine is not being proclaimed at that Sunday service, um, we're not going to be getting that. We're not going to be getting that rest in Christ. We're we're not going to ever have the opportunity to learn how to live in it. Again, that comes from my own personal faith story Mm -hmm. is I almost walked away from the faith because I wasn't walking in the gospel. I wasn't receiving the forgiveness of sins or I wasn't hearing it in a way that it applied to me. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's incredibly important that in the church, not only are we preaching uh, sound doctrine mm-hmm. and applying the gospel, but we're delineating it from bad doctrine. Mm-hmm. It's one thing, it's a good thing to preach sound doctrine. Yes. Yep. But if we say, you know, what you're doing over there in that corner in the name of the church that isn't sound doctrine, just never mind about that, that's unhealthy mm-hmm. because people are going to get caught up in it and then they're going to, you know, walk away from the faith, uh, you know, in, even if it's in piety, which is good and is prescribed, if we are led to believe that that piety is what confirms our salvation, it mm-hmm. will be prison. Mm-hmm. It will be burden for us. Sure. Uh, and then there will be no rest. Right. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of people wrestle with, or maybe they don't realize they're wrestling with it. Um, like you're, Like you said, your story, going back to your experience too, um, I think a lot of people live under that burden and... Yeah, so it would be a great joy to hear that somebody hearing this would feel the relief from the gospel in hearing that and and having that applied to their life and uh, receiving that that sweet rest. Yeah, it's the the sweet rest is the absolution from mm-hmm. the church service. And you know, imagine, just think about it for a second that someone in your life or even you is struggling with assurance of salvation. And you just I want to know for certain that I'm going to heaven. God's answer to you is remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Go to church. 
hear the gospel, be forgiven. And, and hear me as a pastor say, it is because of the promises in God's word from the mouth of God himself and because of the completed work of Christ mm-hmm. on the cross in your place, I declare to you that your sins are forgiven. Mm-hmm. You know, there's freedom in that. Yes. And, and so on Ash Wednesday at our church, uh, I open the sanctuary up uh, two and a half hours before church starts in the evening uh, so people can receive uh, the church tradition, the imposition of ashes, the cross of ashes on their forehead. We won't get into that now. Mm-hmm. But to, doing that, they also have the opportunity for private confession and absolution at the altar to personally and individually have that gospel put in your ears and applied to you mm-hmm. so that you cannot disqualify yourself from it. Then you rest. Mm-hmm then you've received that gospel truth. And that's a moving away and a rejection of false teaching mm-hmm. that corrupts the law, that that disorders law and gospel, mm-hmm. and putting it into the right context to be a truth teller, mm-hmm. which we covered in the second commandment. And the truth we tell is that sin is deplorable and separates us from God, mm-hmm. but God has reconciled us to himself in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. I think that's a good place to end this episode, if that's okay with you. Yeah, I can work with that. Okay, good. Uh, Thank you for listening, and uh, we pray for that sweet rest uh, for you to know that and, and to receive that today. Thank you for tuning in. Please check us out on the web at beinglutheran.com. Join us next week as Pastor Brett and Pastor Jason continue their discussion on God's third commandment.